Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Rugby Podcast. With your host, Mark Kennedy, I'm joined again this week by Liam Breen. I think this is our last uh, episode uh, for the current season, Liam. How things? Yeah, great, Mark. Plenty to, to preview um, ongoing at the weekend. And loads of actual rugby news happened today as well. So, an awful lot went down. Both in the Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere, we'll probably start with the Ireland tour to New Zealand early days, but there has been some key kind of marquee injury news as well as the initial team announcement from Andy Farrell, the opening test match between Ireland and the Maori All Blacks. So we'll have a review of the team selections and see what's in store for us uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll also look at the European Champions Cup and also Challenge Cup. It's only just a matter of weeks when... Uh, both La Rochelle and also Lyon uh, won their respective competitions. We had the draws today, so we'll run the rule over that. And also some Irish provincial, particularly around Munster Rugby, some announcements in terms of Green Corps Academy additions and also Academy players stepping into the senior uh, squad for next season. Uh, Liam, we might start off with the Ireland tour to, uh, to New Zealand. I was going to say South Africa there. But uh, to be fair, yeah. um, you know, a very exciting opening fixture, the Maori All Blacks uh, tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, uh, June 29th. What were your media thoughts, early days of the tour? Um, any kind of marquee storylines kind of dominate? Well, I mean, obviously the first one has to be like, you know, COVID hitting the New Zealand camp. Um, obviously they're going to lose three players and three, the three leading coaches. That means Joe Schmidt steps into the shoes of Ian Foster. He's going to be the coach on Saturday and he's going to have such an insight into Irish rugby and how we play that you know you'd have to say that's a that's a big bit of a boost to the all blacks absolutely oh you couldn't really script it could you just in terms of with the covid and everything else and then for ian foster john plum tree coaching and also players as well uh being curtailed in this opening test match for joe schmidt to come in i think is a quite an intriguing storyline all kudos to Joe Schmidt. It just shows how highly regarded he is within the New Zealand hierarchy for him to take charge of this particular test match. And you wouldn't know, Liam, this could be maybe a continued, you know, fixture within New Zealand coaching staff for this Ireland series because with the COVID um, implications, you just never know what Ian Foster particularly. He may have an extended stay out of the side. But I suppose going to the Ireland-Maori All Blacks game, we did get... Um, our first team selection from Andy Farrell today. I think it'd be fair to say that it's a, an exciting Ireland team, but quite experimental as well, Dean. Yeah, it is quite experimental. And and uh, I would have to say, it looks to me like it could be the, the, the shadow Irish test side, really. I was intrigued to see Jimmy O'Brien, you know, let's be honest about it, who, who mostly plays on the wing. He's been selected a full back. And vice, uh, vice versa, we have uh, Jordan Larmer, who is primarily full back. Selected on the wing. Um, I suppose one look what stands out for me definitely is Kieran Frawley at ten. I mean, he's got undoubtedly got the talent, but like how many times has he actually played out half this season in the league? Literally a handful. Um he they're they're obviously thinking that he's maybe at least third choice um at out half at the moment. Um you have Joe McCarthy at lock, like definitely is a, a bolter for the tests. And then what really stands out for me is the Prendergast, Timoney and Coombs back row. That is just oozes of of power. Um, so it'll be great to see it to see all those uh, combinations, I guess, as well coming together. And obviously you even have Aki and Hume, which again I think is a a really live um, selection. Dilemma certainly after this 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 te- this game and going on to maybe the second test. So um, but the, uh, likewise the Maori have fielded some powerful side uh with three full All Blacks with TJ Pernara not even making the the Maori starting fifteen. So and then we're, there's talk about this guy Colin Grace at number eight as being the heir apparent to uh Kieran Reid. So they're going to they're going to bring it big time. Oh, absolutely! I think it's a, I think it's a magnificent tour for Ireland for so many levels. There is no easy game 
for this Irish side in New Zealand. They've nowhere to hide. And I would completely agree with you on that Maori All Black side. I mean, granted, there's 10 players set to make their debut for the Maoris. But as you said, there's a number of very experienced super rugby campaigners. I mean, you think of Tira Lomax, Sean Stevenson, Josh Ione. I mean, they're absolute quality standout performers in super rugby. And to be fair, you know, you have Brad Weber starting TJ Paranara coming on after 50 minutes. Again, someone like that, that quality to really stretch a defence. And guys that have a point to prove. They've been dropped from the New Zealand uh, national team. So no shortage of motivation from the Maori All Blacks to really, really send a message to Ian Foster. But more significantly, Joe Schmidt, given he's now the acting head coach uh, for this opening uh, test match this weekend. I suppose it's very poignant here, Liam, that Bundy Akai is captaining the side. I mean, back to Hamilton, he won a Super Rugby title with the Chiefs in 2013. So for Bundy Akai and his family, I think that will be a very emotional occasional occasion. But to be fair, there is experience in the ranks, like Keith Earls in the back three. I'm delighted to see James Hume starting at centre along with Bundy Akai. I think we've kind of touted James Hume as having a magnificent URC season. I think it's a nice tester for James Hume to re-acquit himself in this uh, opening test match. And who knows, the door, the opportunity, Knox may present itself for the Ulster Centre as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, all season he's had, I suppose, the luxury, if you can call that, of having the absolutely biggest inside centre playing in Europe, you know. Um, and that's why it's, it's good to see that combination with, with Aki as well, that, that robust um, player to, to play off. Um, so that yeah, that that's a, that's a real life kind of combination going on from now. In terms of Aki himself, yeah, I mean, I'd say he's incredibly proud, and he should be, and it's fully deserved in the way he's bought into Irish rugby in the time that he's arrived. You know, on these shores to Connacht and then to Ireland. So um, it, it's going to be some homecoming, as you said, for him to go back to where the began with the Chiefs and, and won a Super Rugby title. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's he's definitely a guy who will, will lead by example and he will put in the big tackles right yeah, through the game. He certainly will be inspirational from pre-game, everything around the fixture. He will be very honed in and the side that has been selected will be very honed in. I'm kind of fascinated to see how the likes of the Karen Treadwells fair here as well I know Joe McCarthy definitely has been a bolter but his form at Leinster rugby particularly at the back end of the end of the current season has been very impressive so I'm very interested to see how Treadwell goes here given the Ian Henderson uh, withdrawal from the tour which is an absolute massive disappointment not just for the player management but also for the fans you know I was really looking forward to seeing Ian Henderson really acquit himself in these three test matches. But again, unfortunately, knee injury kind of curtails his uh, involvement in the summer series, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, devastating for him and for Ireland, as to be said, like, you know, we just don't produce, I keep saying this, we don't produce players of that uh, physical stature, like, in, in our pack. So, obviously, that that's going to be a blow to us. But, you know, there's opportunity, Knox, as you said, for Kieran Treadwell, who also had a, a, an excellent season uh, at Locke for Ulster. Um, also, I suppose it's intriguing, I mean, Jeremy Lockman, you know, uh, what's he got to lose? A, a loose head prop. Uh, at the very least, he can, he can make an Irish bench on Saturday. So, I mean, it's there, there's really a lot to play for here. It's very exciting. It's going to be a very exciting match uh, watching watching both teams. And um, I'd say nothing in it really as well. I think for this 23-man squad that's been selected, it's a glorious opportunity, as you say, Liam. This is a trial match. This is an opportunity to really stake your claim, mark your territory in terms of your battle for that jersey. And you say Jeremy Lockman um, at loose head. It's a magnificent opportunity for him. If he quits himself well, particularly in set-piece, we know he's a good ball player in terms of his mobility around the park. There's no reason why Jeremy Lockman couldn't really contend here for a 23-man squad in a test match. Same for like Dave Heffern and Tom O'Toole as well. That front row really are being presented with a massive opportunity to 
tell the coaches, look, I'm ready for this test match series. So, I mean, for guys who don't perform or have underpowered form, I really, they don't have any excuses here. The, the management have given them the opportunity here. I would say something if this was a 50-50 kind of regular squad members versus fringe squad. This is a very experimental side, and I know there may be cohesion issues early, but for every player, it's in their interest to really hit the ground running here. They've had, you know, a good kind of preseason uh, camp ahead of the summer series. And really, these combinations really should be firing. They need to fire because the Maori All Blacks will be on it from minute one. So, I mean, it's imperative for Ireland really to start well and for every one of these players to really produce a performance. Yeah, because as you said, if they, if they don't step up on these players, that's pretty much it after game one. They won't be they won't be seen in terms of for iron selection for the remaining games and it just they're going to be effectively playing out the rest of the tour you know in in the second maori game and the likes so um yeah i mean i mean if you don't have motivation for this you're you're as as, as it was alluded to there by ogara like you're, you're simply not not there you shouldn't be there you know um but also, yeah, we have to look at it in terms of the the Maori. The, as we said, there's a number of Maori guys there who are going to be pushing for at least squad selection for Saturday as well. Um, and like Josh Josh Yoni is is a really really quality out half to have as well. Brad Brad Weber again, he could be playing for for a place on on the bench on Saturday. Absolutely, you're looking at Proctor here, Paul Hippie. <clears throat> Garden uh, backup as well. These are all very quality players here. If given half a chance, will very much expose Ireland defensively. So, I mean, the the opposition and this is where Andy Farrell and the squad have, I suppose Andy Farrell and I a few have selected probably the New Zealand challenge really ahead of a, a World Cup year essentially. Um, so I think from that perspective, it will be pretty challenging. But I'm very intrigued to see how the likes of Craig Casey and Kieran Frawley get on here particularly 9 and 10, uh, we have a very dynamic, explosive back row in Prendergast, Himini and Combs. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see if Craig Casey is to get a quick ball, how Kieran Frawley, um, you know, impacts the game in terms of his game management, his execution with ball in hand. We've seen glimpses of it, Lane, but I mean, it's a, a big, big leap in opposition from maybe your typical URC opponent to maybe uh, kind of on the fringes of an All Blacks uh, side where most of these Maori All Blacks want to aspire to. Yeah, and and, and Kieran Foley is now the great hope, you know, that we suddenly seem to have at number 10. Uh, a guy who, I, as I said, really doesn't have any experience of running the show um, in, in in the URC. Um, so a huge occasion for himself, like, you know, if he if he can control this game and look at home at that sort of level. Yeah, I mean, look, the the second choice back up there to Sexton. I mean, you know, I mean, you could you could find kind of faults with a with a lot a lot of guys in terms of their abilities. But um, yeah, definitely Frawley for me has to be the big the, the big the big um player. It's a huge opportunity. I think it really says an awful lot but Irish management, that they're giving Frawley this opportunity straight off the bat to really show what he's capable of in the position. We've heard about the versatility of the player. He's played predominantly 12, 13, 15 early days in his uh, Leinster rugby career. He's played some minutes at 10 as well. And uh, to be fair to Frawley, it does say an awful lot about the succession plan with Johnny Sexton that there's not one guy there that is literally leading the pack to put the hand up. No, Jack Carty's been sidelined with injury during the summer series. Uh, Billy Burns, we thought, might get on the plane to New Zealand after a solid season with Ulster, but obviously that hasn't happened. Um, Carberry has been in and out of the Munster side, shown good patches of form, but again, Munster misfired, particularly at the back end of uh, last season. So I think from that perspective, it opens the door for Karen Frawley. And as you say, a very assured performance from Frawley and also Craig Casey for that matter at nine and 10 really does set the cat among the pigeons a little bit in terms of the nine, 10 succession plans here. 
Um, I know Gibson Park will get the game, uh, no doubt, uh, against New Zealand. But again, from a Craig Casey perspective, it's a massive opportunity again to really show what he's capable of and maybe to burst into that 23-man squad, maybe at the expense of Conor Murray. Yeah, of course, of course it is for him. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Murray, you feel is a guy really that that you know. I mean, if your choice is between Casey and Murray, you know, with 50 minutes to go, with some that being, being put on, like you probably would plump for Casey, really. You know what I mean? In in terms of the, the game is already open at that stage, and he's going to find a space to run. Um, so we we know he can certainly really pass very well um, he's got a good break on him and he's very brave as well so he's all the qualities that you need in, a, in number nine yeah I think this will be massively beneficial to an awful lot of players I'm thinking of like Sakeem Pendergast as well Nick Timoney Gavin Coombs as well being in down in that environment in New Zealand facing the best of the best from New Zealand will only make these guys bigger and stronger and more you know, experience going into a new URC season in European Cup campaign. But maybe looking at the replacements from an Ireland perspective, it's been probably a whirlwind few days for Niall Scannell, you know, back home and then getting the call to get on a flight to New Zealand. And we have Niall Scannell on the South bench uh, for this game in Hamilton on Wednesday morning Irish time. Uh, another good opportunity for Niall Scannell. We have Keane Healy, Finley Bealham, Ryan Baird, who should be really busting uh, to literally make a performance given exactly game minutes for Leinster Rugby particularly in the playoffs uh, last season Jack Conan Conor Murray Joy Carberry and also Mike Lowry so I think for these replacements you know they will be getting good quality game minutes here to really you know again probably repeating myself a little bit but to management to really say that they're on form and ready to do a job particularly in the first test match this weekend yeah and, and again I mean like when you look at the at, at, at it's kind of funny because you could say some of the subs for Ireland in this game are also going to be probably subs um, for the All Blacks game. You're talking about, you know, as I said, your, your Keen Healy's, um, your, your Conan's, uh, your Bears, and of course, my eternal selection of 23, Mike Lowry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be absolutely intriguing. They're going to get, yeah, they're going to get 20, 20, 20 plus minutes anyway each, like, you know. Um, and so it's, it's it means for me that 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 game is going to be uh, played at an incredible pace right to the end. I completely agree here, uh, Liam. Um, predictions for tomorrow? How do you see this going? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, to be honest, um, I, I I I'm very impressed with our back row, you know, and that's always a good a good uh, point to start with. Um. And the halfbacks uh, have a great opportunity to really have some really free-flowing rugby uh, and open things up. And then we have, uh, you know, we still have class finishers in the likes of Earls and Larmer and strong carrying centres. So for me, I would definitely fancy Ireland by, uh, I would say maybe eight, nine points. I would probably go along with you on that. I think it will show... Ireland, the levels that they will need to get to. Um, I mean, hopefully, coming out of this game, we're seeing several standout performances from this experimental Irish side. It's probably a daunting fixture to start off. The Mario Blacks always play tough. They will play physical. And uh, as I said, they will create expansive width when they get the opportunity. Weather conditions tomorrow look a little bit tricky in Hamilton, uh, particularly in the evening time. You know, some showers, so that may affect things. Wind is pretty nominal tomorrow. So I think from perspective of the game itself, maybe the attacking side of things may be diluted a little bit, but I think this will be a good, good test for Ireland. I'll say marginally three to six points in it, but I think you'll see an awful lot of threats coming from the Maori All Blacks, particularly coming off the bench, like the TJ Paranara guys there that are looking to really impress Joe Schmidt and Ian Foster. So... It's a good opening tour match. As you say, the replacements coming in will maybe potentially be getting a role in that Ireland setup for the weekend. So it'd be nice to kind of literally see that. But I think hopefully coming out of this, we're seeing eight or nine players here that have basically put the hand up and said, look, for Test Match 2, 
if the other starting lineup guys are not delivering, then you have guys here ready to come in and do a job. So that's all we're looking for, a nice, cohesive, you know, uh, workman-like performance, I would say, from Ireland, and really looking forward to it. Uh, Liam, we might leave the New Zealand summer tour from Ireland's perspective and review the European Champions Cup and Challenge Cup draws that were made this afternoon. What were your immediate reactions to the draw, uh, Liam? I mean, we have spoken at length here about Munster Rugby and how the end-of-season URC form really was not going to be kind to Munster when it came to a Champions Cup draw. And I think it's fair to say they've got an absolute stinker of a draw uh, for next season. Uh, what were your thoughts? My first thoughts, Mark, was the fact that we were, we're third seeds in the European competition. Like, that's shocking, you know? Considering there's only four seeds, there's the top seeds, second seeds, thirds and fourths, and we're we're third seeds, you know? Um, but yeah, look, the draw was okay for us, if we be honest. I mean, I mean, yeah, we, we got Toulouse, but we also got Northampton. So you'd be kind of penciling in potentially three three wins out of four there, you know? As good as Toulouse are, um, you know, when you come to a, a, a Rogers Toman Park, it's a, it's a different ball game. And then, yeah, I mean, you're looking at poor old Ulster again, you know. <laughs> if they're in the pot for second seeds and they draw La Rochelle and Sale Sharks. I mean, two teams with absolutely massive packs, you know. And that's going to be some battle for them, I feel, to, um, to qualify. Uh, and then it was like uh, Leinster. Yeah, Leinster, Leinster could, you know, they got Racing. 92, I, I, they're kind of, aren't they, kind of, kind of an up and down, um, up and down side. And you'd have to fancy, you know, that they that they will come out in, in their group. Um, and then as for Connacht, you know, two, two trips to... Um, I suppose you're talking about Breve and Newcastle. You know, again, very, a very winnable kind of group to come out. So you'd still look at it and you'd be confident enough to say that three of the four Irish will get into the last 16 in the European competitions at, at this stage. Yeah, I think the home form will be imperative here, Liam. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of pack front five particularly from Munster rugby perspective how do we match up and to be fair Northampton Saints are probably eyeing Munster rugby up a little bit here as well I would say here Liam just given what's happened in Munster rugby particularly at the back end of the URC season it really didn't go well and again pack wise was very incohesive so I think from that perspective it's kind of wide open Northampton Saints and Munster Rugby do have a bit of history together particularly on Heineken Cup finals of past lore against that Toulousean Toulouse we know what they're going to bring to the table so the hope here I would think Liam is that the Tone Park form the raucous Rome crowd will bring it home but I think it's going to be some nervy moments here I think with those two selections I suppose you're kind of looking at the draws here uh, Leinster getting racing 92 and also Gloucester Rugby you know, Racing 92, under day are absolute rock stars, but then under day can absolutely be absolutely stinking. So I think from that perspective, Leinster probably are going to get a nice draw to really see how they are, particularly with Racing 92 home and away. Gloucester Rugby are building uh, a squad there. Uh, King's home, great ground. So it'll be a nice little trip for Leinster Rugby. Ulster, as you say, I've kind of described Munster's draws being as a bit of a stinker. I think Ulster's you can describe as a bit of a stinker as well. You know, given La Rochelle will be full of confidence going in as reigning champions, looking to do very well in that competition. And also Sale Sharks with Sanderson in charge. There is going to be massive impetus there from Sale Sharks to get close again to uh, um, the the closing stages of the tournament. They reached quarterfinals uh, this year. So I think from that perspective, all good. I'm just looking at Racing 92's fixtures as well. They have Harlequins and Leinster Rugby for company. So I think those games look an absolute dream. Looking at the South African teams, Bulls got extra Chiefs in Leon, which I think is very, you know, a fascinating kind of watch, particularly the Bulls and extra Chiefs, you know, very pack-orientated sides. And you have Leon there as well that can provide a bit of flair. Um, Stormers as well. Claremont, Vernon, London Irish, 
not a bad draw, I would say, from a Stormers perspective. Um, and then the Sharks getting Bordeaux Begley's and Harlequins. I think they could be outstanding fixtures there as well. So, again, there doesn't seem to be any real kind of easy run in there. Uh, Saracens back in the European Champions Cup again, real dark horse, I would say. Lyon and Edinburgh Rugby, I think they'd be quite happy with that, given, you know, the French commitments to this club competition as well can vary. Lyon were one of them where they were very much in and out of it. So I think it's um, all probably set up for a nice uh, a nice opening rounds in December. And I suppose for Connacht Rugby, the Breve and the Newcastle game, Breve, one of those teams where is Europe really kind of an objective for them at the start of the season? I don't think so. So I think it'd be a nice opportunity for Andy Friend and the squad really to build maybe some results there. And Newcastle Falcons as well, you know, particularly home and away, they should be looking for at least a home win in the sports ground and see if they can go to Kingston Park, which is always a tough place to go and get something from there. So I think for Connacht Rugby particularly, they could be well equipped to actually get deep into the Champion or Challenge Cup uh, next season. So all in all, all very exciting uh, news there, uh, Liam, to be fair. It's hard to believe that it was only a few weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks ago, when the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup finals were on in Marseille and we're, we're back talking about next season again. Uh, but, and of yeah. course, it's on in Dublin, the final. Huge incentive. Oh, so, I mean, that, that's a huge incentive. Yeah, just kind of even looking down through some of the fixtures again. Yeah, Stormers. Leicester Tigers as well, maybe a bit of a dark horse. Dave Clermont Avern, who are probably in a rebuild mode, and Ospreys, who. I thought would offer an awful lot more than they did last season. So I think Leicester could be aiming for Pool B. I'd say potential top seeds there mightn't be off the realms of possibility there. And so like the pool, the pools are evenly matched here. I think you're going to have an awful lot of jostling here for the top four t- seeds for Pool A and Pool B, particularly when you throw the South African teams into the mix here. I think there's no going, going to be no give me's here by any stretch of the imagination. But that's all to look forward to. So the first round is the 9th, 10th and 11th of December. Round 2, 16th, 17th and 18th of December. Come the new year, we have round 3, the weekend of January 13th. Round 4, January 20th. Round of 16th, straight after the Guinness Six Nations, 31st of March, 1st, 2nd of April. You have the quarterfinals pretty quickly afterwards. The following week, the weekend of the 7th. Semi-finals on the 28th of April with the cup final uh, Champions Cup final on 20th of May in the Viva Stadium, Dublin, with Champions, or the Challenge Cup happening on the 19th and the same venue. So, all to look forward to next season. Liam, we can maybe kind of move on to Munster Rugby. Uh, again, all the other provinces have announced their departures. Also, their news in terms of their academies have been broadcast. But Munster were a little bit late in terms of their um, players, particularly from the Green Corps Academy coming in. And also players that are in the Green Corps Academy stepping up into the senior ranks. I suppose, what were your immediate reactions there, Liam, to the news? I suppose we can start off maybe on the Green Corps Academy guys coming in for a start. Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're all excellent players. Um, And I'm delighted to see there's a few props in there as well, which are badly needed, really. I suppose you have this Fionn Gibbons, who was a Leinster development contract, basically wasn't offered a, a Leinster academy but i mean this is a guy who was playing center for iron run 20s in the in the grand slam and is out initially these times really top top player like you know so it was, i thought personally a great bit of business for us to to get a center again where it's kind of up to now with centuries and we're not really producing any kind of homegrown players so like this this fits in perfectly um evan o'connell who kind of comes from good stock <laughs> paul o'connell he's been his uncle um, I suppose really, yeah, for Sansa, for me, of course, it would be like Darren McSweeney. He is the starting tight end prop for Ireland in the 20s. He has been um, uh, from from Cork, from um, PBC. Uh, you have Kieran Ryan Shannon, who is also prop and kind of understudy to, to him. So that's that's great to see. And I, and I suppose what stands out for me, too, is that of those players that... Um, you have Ryan and you have Jack Oliver as well, who's a scrum half from Castro College. Then you have his, his fellow schoolmate, Evan O'Connell, that you basically have a few Limerick guys in the, the academy. 
um, which is great to see. We had Paddy Kelly, who was, got promoted up to the senior contract, but it's great to see that happening anyway. Um, I suppose start from the start. I think, as you say, Phil Gibbons seems like a very astute piece of business. I know we're kind of mentioning his centre, but I do remember him when they played in the under-20s, the, the Grand Slam year this year. I mean, he played wing as well, and the three-quarters. He's very versatile. So, again, another guy that's kind of built in that Leinster mode, versatility, to play multiple positions. He scored three tri- tries, I believe, didn't he, in the Ireland appearances during that's that right. Six Nations yeah. as well. So, I mean, a guy of that stature, like, I mean, he, the physicality is there. You can see he's a big, big lad. So, I think from that perspective, it is a lovely selection. It's a, it's a nice arrival for Munster. And, again, for Fung Gibbons, it's a massive opportunity to really prove himself in another province. It just shows that strength and depth in Leinster rugby, particularly in the squad depths around the academy, that a guy of Fionn Gibbons' stature and skill set can't even get an academy place. I mean, it just shows the, the you know, the absolute cutthroat nature of the competition there in Leinster. I suppose Darren McSweeney, I think I would have very much high hopes for here. You know, he played his club rugby at Muscarie. You know, he's excelled at PBC. You know, he has all the credentials to become a real solid provincial prop and who knows you know he's in that under 20 setup again he should be elevating his game and I think here Liam particularly when you think of Dara McSweeney you think of uh, Kieran Ryan as well they're going to be getting pre-season prep no question about it I think there will be game time for these two guys given departures in terms of our prop situation or depth chart I think Roundtree is going to have a bit of a challenge here, you know, and maybe challenge these guys to really kind of challenge it out for the starting spurts. And I think Kieran Ryan as well, particularly from St. Munchen's formerly great player. And to be fair, he has featured in the Ireland under twenties. Again, another quality acquisition. So I think all in all, I think these green core Academy additions really will add something, particularly the prop situation had to be addressed and no better guy than maybe a Graham Roundtree to really provide that coaching, that guidance for these guys coming in with some training sessions every day to really kind of get them into, you know, real quality stand-up players that can represent the senior team. Because we're definitely going to need it because looking at Roman Salanoa and Ken, Ken Knox, uh, Keenan Knox, I think it's very much a case of question marks over the two of those guys. You'd hope those two guys really kind of burst on the scene in pre-season but again these are probably insurance policies here a little bit from the academy and if these guys really do excel in pre-season there may be opportunities there for them it's a long enough season these guys may be getting game minutes in regular urc action at least another guy i kind of have a good interest about is uh uh ron um quinn ron quinn from uh killaloo Ballinac killaloo rfc like i've seen him play uh for crescent particularly in their senior cup. I was very impressed by him. Just all these fundamentals are there. Great versatility, good physicality, good tackler, good in the breakdown, great ball carrier. And I think to be perfectly fair, he is a guy that that could be one of those ones, those dark horse kind of green core academy additions where this guy will gain more and more experience and will could be bit of a bolter in the senior squad and probably not next season but the season after so i think i'm very excited to see what happens there particularly but yeah all in all i think it's been quite good in terms of the acquisitions there for sure and i suppose it's great to see the likes of alex cadellan being rewarded for a great year you know graduating from the academy to the senior ranks i think he's been one of monster's real standouts he moves the senior squad on a two-year contract. Geez, I'd be looking to lock him down for another few years, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but again, some great moves here. Scott Buckley as well. I think we can see the conveyor belt. The academy is producing good players. And uh, hopefully, with a new head coach in charge, he will give these guys a fresh opportunity and more impetus to providing more of a leading role to the Munster senior team next season. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I mean Scott Buckley is really a case in point, isn't it? After such a barren storm in debut, and then like he got you know, not a few games after that, especially when you know at, at, at Hooker we were quite treadbare as well. So that was right. But it, yeah, it's good to see the likes of him and like of Paddy Kelly, um, Owen O'Connor, all these guys come through, and th- there is a conveyor belt 
at Munster at the moment. And and they're obviously doing something right at underage level. So it's a case of these guys are going to be integrated and we don't know in terms of World Cup year, will there be even less availability in terms of the, the, the URC for some of these guys, for some of the Irish guys. Um, so it's a great opportunity for them to take. Um, and, and and I think some of, the, some of these guys coming into the Green Corps Munster Academy, you know, I mean, they're 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 developed enough to to pretty much at least be 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 bench options during the league. I think so, very much so. And with the head coach of Graham Rowntree, he's going to run the rule over everybody. There's going to be a fresh set of eyes on everyone in the Gringor Academy, even the senior squad. You know, you have new head coaches coming in alongside Graham Rowntree. Likes of Dana Steamy will be probably floating into the Green Corps Academy. See how guys are progressing. Same with Mike Prendergast. Same with Andy Kirikow. So from that perspective here, Liam, I'm very excited to see what the Green Corps Academy kids will deliver. And it's all set up, I think, very well for them. They see the inspirations in terms of the Alex Cadellans here, the Scott Buckleys, that they will be given opportunities during the season. And when they get them, they should grasp them with both hands. And I think Graham Rowntree may be the sort of head coach to retain that talent more so than his predecessor, who went back to prototype when he got players back. Maybe didn't play players on form rather than on reputation. I think with Rowntree, he will see what's on the training paddock and really evaluate and really give guys a, a good good hearing, a good kind of sounding out. So I think Paddy Parrison as well is a good kind of... Uh, step up again. I think Paddy, you know, if he can recover from his ankle injury, I think is a very good option here when you consider the likes of Craig Casey and Conor Murray potentially will be away in international duty for long portions of next season. I think it's imperative that our scrum half positions do get locked up a little bit. So I think for Patterson to be signing a new two-year contract, hopefully he can remain injury-free because I do rate the player enormously. Owen O'Connor as well. Um, very good. But again, the likes of the Scott Buckley's, the Alex Cadellans, these are the guys here that need to be the figureheads of this team going forward. I think for Alex Cadellan, particularly the John Hotnets, you have to mould a team around these guys, even if that is, you know, what the academy guys coming through. These are the guys that you want long-term contracts with and really to kind of build a team around in the next four, five, six years. So I'm pretty excited with all these moves, really. You know, you have to give kudos to Monsoro beyond that. So, but again, I think the prop situation here, Liam, from our perspective, again, it's into the unknown a little bit, given I see kind of recent news sound bites from John Ryan in terms of how uh, he departed the club. Again, it's another good stalwart in the front row, gone, Kevin O'Byrne, gone, James Cronin, gone from last season. So it is now down to the young guns to really kind of prove themselves and really make a name and make an identity for themselves. Um, so again, it'd be an interesting pre-season, an early season, I think, Liam, for Munster Rugby. Well, look, I mean, I mean, you mentioned those three guys there. They're basically our best scrummagers as well. You know, like that's yeah. that's that's the job of a prop. It's not always the flashy the flashy carries. You know, so we have to to find those sort of type replacements. And you know, as Darren McSweeney already has that kind of kind of a look about him. You know, I mean, the the fact is a tight head prop too. You know, one or two of those guys, of the three senior guys, are probably going to be injured for for periods as well. You know, so it's absolutely cr- tremendous opportunity there. And yeah, Paddy Patterson in regarding him, I just remember how how brilliant he took his opportunity there on the uh, South African leg. Um, he was actually excellent in in both those games. So he is definitely a, a live option next season as well at scrum half. Oh, certainly. Uh, I think it is going to be kind of, uh, it'll be interesting just to see the pre-season because, again, guys will be coming back into the setup in the next few weeks. Granted, guys that are in Irish international duty, probably getting more of an extended stay. But I think for the guys, the academy guys, particularly the guys that haven't made international squads, it's a massive few weeks in pre-season to really impress the new coaches, hit the ground running, and really kind of get the game plan, the ethos. What does Dennis Leamy and Mike Prendergast and Annie Kiriko, what are the variations that they're going to provide here or add to this Munster Rugby setup here? I don't think any stone will be left unturned by these guys, and it will be very interesting to kind of see 
how things are going to go here. I mean, you're kind of looking here in terms of our prop options, really. Stephen Archer, James French, Dave Kilcoyne, who didn't make the Ireland Summer Tour to New Zealand due to that neck injury. You've Keenan Knox, Jeremy Lockman, Liam O'Connor, Roman Salanoa, and Josh Witcherly there. So I suppose from that perspective, you know, likes of James French, it'll be interesting to see if he can make any sort of impression here. But again, I think all these guys will be given ample opportunity in pre-season to re-deliver performances and rebuild that depth chart. It's a new head coach coming in. I know Roundtree's been there for the last two, three years, but I think it's a new head coach, a new mindset has to come in. And uh, I think it's fair game for everyone in that proposition. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of would he be giving time to, to bed in? Well, I mean, he, I would think he's already in the setup. Uh, Roundtree, which is a huge advantage, you know, uh, for a head coach not not to be like uh, the first few months kind of figuring their way out. Um, and then you have guys who are early, you know, being legends of Munster rugby in the likes of Leamy and Prendergast. And of course, Kariaku was there as well in, in, in the good old days as well. So these these are, are real um, characters who are hewn of Munster rugby and know the tr- tradition but I think the thing is we have to kind of look to the future it, the whole stand up and fight thing only gets you so far and maybe that's that's the thing that, that we, we, we kept persisting with that particularly at the end of the season and their new ideas and their, their fresh approach They've, has already worked in other clubs so it's going to be brilliant to see at Munster Totally agree, I think Roundtree will bring that Almost that Steve Borwick mentality. Maybe it was slightly missing with uh, maybe Van Grant to a certain extent, but I think Roundtree will bring all his experience from his coaching in England, you know, particularly his international setup days, the British and Irish Lions, what worked there, and really be his own man in terms of the head coaching role. So I think that's exciting. Even looking at the squad depth here, Liam, um, as we're kind of looking through at the hookers position here. Dermot Barron, Scott Buckley, you've the prospect Chris Moore, who's coming from Exeter Chiefs and also or Exeter University, actually, and then Niall Scannell as well. So, I mean, again, I think we've talked longly about Scott Buckley here. Maybe it's an opportunity for Scott Buckley to really kind of burst on uh, to this squad here and make more regular first team appearances. Yeah, obviously. obviously, Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I mean, for me, a guy I would like to see really opportunity would be Liam Coombs. I think he's a real smashing prospect. And while a lot, it's funny, a lot of the other backs got time this season, you know. Daly got, got time back and Calvin Ash, this guy didn't seem to get any opportunity whatsoever. I still remember him like pretty much the uh the away game in Clinetley, the way he lit, lit up the 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 pitch there. Um so he's a guy I'd be kind of really looking out for, I suppose, in in terms of in the back. Absolutely. I suppose Locks as well, Tom Hearn, Ty Byrne, Paddy Kelly. We've talked about Jean Klein, Owen O'Connor, or G. Schneiman. God, please God, he comes through that latest knee injury and has a powerful season next season. And Finian Witchley as well. I mean, on the, lo- on the base of it here, uh, Liam, pretty exciting balance of youth and experience there if we can get all those guys fully fit. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Any any combination there of that is going to be really cracking, you know. Uh, I, I I still think that um, Ty Byrne should be should be put in, put in the back row rather than rather than in in the line out. Like he's still a very good. It's like he's a very good line out operator, right? And line out, but he's an absolutely world class back row. That's that's the difference, I think. But yeah, I mean, Owen O'Connor has already proved himself this season. We've yet to see now Paddy Kelly step up. John Klein like has been the unsung hero for me this season at Munster. Like he has always provided that um, that grind and that grit every single game. I must I must compliment him on that. And yeah, Finney Witchery as well. Yeah, Finney is is a really top quality player as well. So look, we're we're well stacked in that position. I think so too, and I absolutely second what you say about John Klein. I think he was being an unsung hero, as you say, given the Jason Jenkins lengthy injury layoff, the amount of minutes that guy has had to put on, given 
personnel issues in that second row. It's phenomenal to see Jan Klein's durability that he continued. You know, his injury record has been absolutely immaculate in terms of not missing many games. So I think from that perspective, Jan Klein is a very important cog in that second row. And, uh, you know, if you get an Orgy Schneiman there, as you say, it does open itself up to maybe Tyg Byrne going into a back row option, you know, that you have that flexibility there. And I suppose the back row, you have the Gavin Coombs, you have Jack Daly, who has long-term injury, uh, you know, rehab to come. John Hodnett, who was impressed uh, significantly, again, had a bit of a layoff at the back end of the season. As Kildellan, James, or Jack O'Donoghue, Peter O'Mahony, and Jack O'Sullivan as well. So, I mean... Again, if you had the versatility to have a tight burn in that back row as well for certain games, it's a very powerful back row again. And, and the beauty of it, Mark, if you think about it this way, right, they can pretty much all of them can play six, seven and eight. And I mean all of them, mm. you know, which is yeah. which is incredible because you don't always find that. I mean, we had Kendall in this season at Stormy Games at seven in the absence of, of Hodnett. Obviously, then he played eight as well, you know. Um, Jack Daly can play across the back row. Well, Coombs is definitely an, an unbelievable ball carrier at, at eight. And then you have the likes of Peter O'Mahony and, and, and Ty Byrne and uh, Jack O'Donoghue to come back in. So um, we're, we're, we're probably as strong as, 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 as any club around in terms of the, the back row. Peter O'Mahony's reputation precedes itself now. I mean, you know, again, another inspirational guy in that back row. Jack O'Donoghue. He was probably the player of the season for Munster, just given his consistent standout performances. I imagine he's probably on standby for Ireland if any of the back row options do go down with injury in New Zealand. And that would be just reward for a very good, se- excellent season for Jack O'Donoghue. And again, I'm very excited with the the, the options, the, the prospects coming in. Alex Cadellan, John Hodden, who we have an awful lot of time for here, Liam, as well. Jack O'Sullivan as well has had great cameos for Munster, particularly in the URC. I suppose scrum halves-wise, we kind of alluded to it. Craig Casey, Neil Cronin, Connor Murray and Paddy Parrison. And I suppose for Casey and Murray, particularly with Ireland aspirations, I think Hugh Jonas probably comes to the likes of the Neil Cronins, the Paddy Pattersons of this world to really kind of step up uh, to the plate. Even kind of thinking in terms of Jack Oliver here as well from a scrum perspective from Gary Owen, 19 years old, but very well regarded within the game. Um, so I think from that perspective, our scrum half options will be uh, probably tested to the limit next season. Yeah, as you say, like, you know, I mean, you, you almost have to allow really from September on that a lot of the international guys won't be available for, for pretty much most of the URC uh, league. So, yeah, so those guys are scratched, pretty much scratched. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at Neil Cronin has always played up to a very, very, very high level. Uh, and Jack Oliver, absolutely. I mean, like, clearly he's going to also be able to feature as well. I mean, I, I think where you're, you're pretty much nowadays, you know, you have an academy, but in effect, they're just also senior players. Like you, So you probably have your, your 45 and you have another 15 guys, essentially, your squad is is sixty players now, and and more, moreover in 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 the in in World Cup here, they're all going to get game time. I think. I think so. I think the the academy players. I think any squad player is going to be given game time. Have to be given game time, given that what year we're coming into here, the World Cup year, and with that Irish setup, URC games as well, the representational games, particularly in the URC guys. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the sixty plus players here. I would say here. Uh, Liam particularly because the game management of certain players probably on reflecting for Munster let themselves down a little bit come to business end of the season so have a little bit more trust particularly in the young guys they delivered in Wasps I think they can do that again certainly in a regular season URC game for sure I suppose we get to fly halves as well the intriguing trio of Joey Carberry, Jack Crowley and Ben Healy Jake Flattery really not getting an opportunity has moved up to Ulster Rugby I suppose it's in Key preseason probably for Jack Crowley and Ben Healy here, uh, given that Joey Carberry's on Irish duty with New Zealand to really kind of impress the new head coach in Graham Rowntree. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm actually sure I don't think Crowley got too much game time really, you know, um, over over the the second half of the season. Um, so it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how he goes, and um, I suppose look. 
Healy is going to be a guy as well who, at the end of the season, his contract is up. So that's that's quite intriguing. That if if he doesn't get the number one spot and out half, you know, you 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 could see him the, thinking about other places anyway. And then you know, I mean, the the question is too. I mean, our top starting out half is still up in the air. You know, Carberry um, on his day is unplayable. Uh, the thing is, I suppose, he, he gets a lot of injuries too, ships a lot of injuries. It's hard to get, like, you know, a string of games together then at that stage. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I suppose with Carberry, where is his favourite position? We've seen him play 10. We've also seen him play 15 at times, particularly the back end of the season for Munster Rugby as well. Start affecting change. So, I mean, I think from a Joey Carberry perspective, hopefully the New Zealand Tour will bring him on to the next level because that will be great news for Munster Rugby. You have two very able deputies here in Jack Crowley and Ben Healy. And I suppose Ben Healy will be interesting to see how he bounces back, particularly after the Toulouse um, game in the Aviva. I think he should be fine. But as you say, it's that niggling doubt. He's entering into 12 months into the last into his contract. And we've kind of mentioned here a certain head coach in Scotland maybe uh, giving a kind of a call and inquiry just to see how things are going early in the season if he is not the starter because Jack Crowley I'd say will be bursting a gut to become that de facto number one particularly at the regular the start of the regular UFC games so I think that'll be an intriguing battle for me uh, Liam on that front Crowley and Healy to see who really kind of is going to kind of take this by the scruff of the neck Rotary may have his own opinions in terms of who's going to play 10 here uh, in the absence of Carberry, but again, it's all very delicately poised here. And I think with Penn Healy particularly entering into the last 12 months of his contract, there is that danger, isn't there? That, you know, he may kind of, he has been capped for Ireland. So I think, you know, he is eligible to move to another test match program, you know, in 2023 as well. You know, it could be, you know, potential opportunities there for Ben Healy to really explore. Then in the three quarters, we have Chris Farrell, and then we have our two new signings, Malachi Vikatoa and Anton Frisch. Dan Goggin, Rory Scannell. Uh, I suppose, Liam, fingers crossed in terms of fitness here for Malachi Vikatoa, because if we can get him fully match fit, he's a very powerful, abrasive player, both defensively and in attacking sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that, isn't that the worry? Like, I mean, it was literally only a handful of games that he played all season uh, for Wasps. But like on form, he's he's a spectacular talent, really. And I suppose, look, he's kind of will offer us a, a different sort of a type of attacking threat that that we haven't had all season. And you know, I I sometimes feel, you know, again, Chris Farrell, kind of, you know, maybe go back to his better position of inside centre, and then have the likes of an Antoine Frisch or a Fekitoa outside him that could really bring on his game back again, you know? So that's what, I, what I'd be kind of looking at in terms of centre. I'm with you in terms of Chris Farrell. I think he's positioned probably inside centre. His best rugby in Grenoble, for instance, was played in that position. And I think from that perspective, I think it is a glorious opportunity for Chris Farrell now to create some partnerships here. Anton Frisch signing excites me. He's a guy that probably not many people know about, but Bristol Bears fans, upon hearing that news that Anton Frisch was gone and departing. I've literally said, like, he's a quality player, a stand-up player, you know, very creative, plays off the cuff, you know, someone who has very much innovative creativity in his play. So I think that will be intriguing. And also you have, like, Dan Gogg and Rory Scannell here, who are very solid, admirable kind of options here as well. So I think Fikatoa is probably the key one for us here, uh, Liam, if Hopefully he doesn't have a J- J- Jason Jenkins kind of sort of nightmare season where he's curtailed by injury. That's bad news for Munster if that is the case then, because then you're plowing more game minutes onto guys that may need rest and may break down come the business end of the season. So hopefully Munster's medical staff can do their thing and Malachi Figatoa becomes an absolute success here for Munster because he looks like if fully fit, an absolute monster player for Munster with ball in hand. And then we're back three options here. Pretty loaded, I would say. Andrew Conway, Liam Coombs, Shane Daly, Keith Earls, Mike Haley, Calvin Nash, and Simon Zebo. So I think, uh, yeah, like, I mean, an awful lot of experience there. 
combined with some exciting prospects as well here, Aileen. Yeah, absolutely. And you still would would have, you know, I suppose, look, you probably would have Haley down as full back and Earl still starting. So then you'd be kind of going from, from three, four or five players for, for the next wing position. Conway, yeah, you know, to be fair to him, he's been injury hit this season, hasn't he? You know, he really hasn't got any sort of uh, string of games together. Zebo, well, look, we know what he can do in terms of tries scored, but um, yeah, um, oftentimes he seems to be unavailable as well. Shane Daly actually really came on uh, in the, the latter part of the season. I, I was quite impressed with Shane Daly. Then you have Calvin Nash is, is, is there as well. He is a really powerful carrier. And, you know, I think two is going to get game time because Matt Gallagher has actually departed. Is uh, Patrick Campbell in terms of full back. Because I know, yeah, we have Haley, And again, Haley along with the likes of Gian Klein and all these guys, seem to play literally every single game from one sort of season, you know, uh, which is incredible. Testament to, the, to themselves. But Patrick Campbell, you know, in terms of full back, you're kind of looking at him, um, maybe, you know, Z-Bug, the odd game. So, yeah, I think Campbell is something I'd be very interested to, to see how he goes the season. Absolutely. He will be given opportunities in pre-season, no doubt about it. You know, he his cameos last season, particularly that Wasp scan, he did get a few games after it. And then we saw precious little of him from February on. So, I mean, a very talented footballer. I think it's going to be very exciting there for sure. Mike Haley as well, probably one of my kind of players of the season for Munster as well. Very Mr. Consistent, you know, and he added plenty in terms of his attacking play from fullback, you know, had a very superb season for Mike Haley. And so it kind of all bodes well there, likes of Keith Earls really, you know, providing standout performances. I'd be interested to see likes of Liam Coombs and also Shane Daly, how they evolve here as well. Again, having the presence of Simon Zebo around, hopefully that will increase the competition in terms of that back three. And I suppose, Liam, looking at the academy as well, the overall sense of it. I mean, we didn't mention Mark Donnelly here as a props option. Uh, what would you rate? Do you rate Mark Donnelly, I suppose, first off? And do you feel that he would maybe get some game minutes here as well from a Munster rugby perspective? Yeah, we have Mark Donnelly. We also have um, Keen Hurley as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if, you, if you think of it in terms of between the, the new academy intake and the guys who are currently there, yeah, there's quite a lot of, of, of young talent there. But again, as I said, it's, it's more a case of tight head prop where, where, you know, we have a guy who seems to be permanently injured. So effectively, we have two senior guys. So again, glorious opportunity for, for someone to take a claim there. In terms of, yeah, I mean, you do feel that the likes of Liam O'Connor and James French, they, they, they can kick on as well. So it's it's very exciting, actually, to be fair. Absolutely. No, I do rate Mark Donnelly an awful lot in terms of his cameos playing as prop with Gary Owen really has stood out massively in previous seasons. I think he is a guy that I think is well regarded within the Munster Rugby setup. And maybe that may be a reason why certain players have gone from Munster because of the fate that they have in Mark Donnelly. So I think it'd be very excited to see what happens there. Looking in through the locks, Edwin Edogob, um, maybe Daniel Okeke as well. From a back row perspective, Ethan Coughlin, scrum half. Tony Butler as well kind of comes into the mix here. You know, from Gary Owen as well. You know, Connor Phillips is a back three option. So I think for all these guys, particularly Connor Phillips, because I've seen an awful lot of young Munster an outstanding talent as well here, Liam. And uh, to be fair to these guys, I think Graham Rountree will give these guys opportunities, uh, particularly uh, come, you know, start of the pre-season and also the pre-season games particularly. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a clean slate, isn't it? And, I mean, whatever, I suppose, you, you could say there, there was a, maybe a bit of a justified criticism of Munster, the fact that we weren't producing homegrown talent, but like that, that argument is blown out of the water now. Like it's like it's like they're on trees almost. Like you know, so it's it's incredible to see. Um, so look, uh, great hopes for for the the coming season in what can be achieved with Munster homegrown players. 
Yeah, maybe we're going back a little bit more indigenous, a little bit, um, scouting networks and really picking from within the province. But I'm very excited about Fionn Gibbons signing in the academy. I think that guy has an awful lot of upside. And the fact that he can also play in the wing positions as well, his versatility, he may be one of these guys within the academy that's come in that may get an instant opportunity to impress given if you have the likes of the Keith Earls of this world going on international duty and maybe injuries to other players uh, down the pecking order. So I think it's exciting. Maybe the prop-wise, there is a bit of unknown uncertainty, but it's really up to the props that are here in the ball club to really stake their name and their identity and really create that next chapter in Munster Rugby. And I would hope, and I suppose Graham Rountree hopes that is the case. Uh, so, but all very exciting, and I think that's been a good kind of review of the Munster squad. I suppose, Liam, we'll leave it there. It'll be my privilege to have you on every week here, uh, Liam, uh, on this Rugby Union podcast. And uh, many thanks for your insights and contributions throughout the year. And hopefully, uh, God willing, we'll be able to do it again when preseason kicks off again in the club season in August. Yeah, yeah, it's been a pleasure uh, to um, be reviewing all the the games and the, the main stories concerning Munster and Irish rugby and world rugby, it has to be said in general. So it's been a real pleasure, Mark, and thanks for having me on. Oh, no worries. Anytime at all, Liam. Uh, so until probably August, guys, enjoy the summer holidays, and yeah, we'll talk to you real soon. Uh, good luck. Look. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Sidekick on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.